How's it going? Ben West coming at you, Monkey Flower Radio. Sounded like I didn't remember my own name for a second there. Um, yeah, wanted to talk to you about uh, one of the biggest environmental issues related to cryptocurrency, which is uh, the issue of energy use as it relates to mining for cryptocurrency, uh, whether it's Bitcoin or uh, any number of other coins. This is a uh, significant issue. There's a lot of energy that's used in the process of mining. Um, and uh, yeah, as an environmental campaigner, I hear this argument a lot as somebody who uh, is quite interested in the opportunities associated with decentralization of the monetary system and the implications for uh, you know greater empowerment of people, less uh, concentration of wealth, all that. Um, but the energy use, it's a serious issue. So first of all, for anybody who doesn't understand how this works, um, you know, my understanding uh, basically is that if you don't know what a blockchain is, you know, the idea is a decentralized ledger. Um, you know, whenever there's an exchange, uh, whether it be of a, uh, a cryptocurrency or a, uh, a, a digital contract, basically the transfer of something from one person to another person, uh, you know, you need a ledger that, uh, that tracks that. Usually that's centralized. Um, the whole, you know, magical innovation of uh, blockchain technology that underlies Bitcoin and, and all the other cryptocurrencies is uh, this idea of a distributed ledger that basically everybody who's using that currency is, uh, you know, is in part uh, contributing to that ledger. Um, and really what makes it secure is the cryptography, which is secured by miners, people doing these uh, intense math equations, basically based on different algorithms. Um, and they get rewarded with, uh, you know, the currency that they're mining uh, in exchange for the work that they're doing. Uh, and that work comes in the form of energy, really. I mean, basically you build these mining rigs, um, you know, they can either be, uh, you know, with a general purpose unit, a GPU, or they can be with an ASICS machine, which, uh, you know, is dedicated for one single task. Uh, but, you know, end of the day, you're basically talking about graphics cards, um, you know, doing real complex uh, math equations, and uh, that helps to secure the currency, both validates the transactions, uh, updates all the blocks in the blockchain, and helps ensure that, uh, you know, this is all safe, cryptographically speaking. Uh, the problem is, is it uses a lot of energy, and the more competition for coins there are, the more miners there are, the more energy is involved, uh, and, you know, you continue to have to add more and more power to be able to mine and compete against others who are also mining. Um, you know, first of all, just as an environmental campaigner, I think it's fascinating that this term mining uh, has become such a big part of this space. Um, you know, as somebody who's been quite concerned about conventional resource extraction, allocation, uh, you know, and really the lack of sustainability of our current economic model, the fact that more of the economy is switching to this virtual space where we're like literally mining for, you know, just perceived value, no physical thing, uh, is interesting. Um, and of course, the energy use issue is significant and only going to become a bigger problem as we... Uh, you know, increasingly see the adoption of this kind of, uh, you know, much smarter technology. I mean, really, this is newer, smarter technology than uh, the way that we've been doing banking, uh, you know, for a century or more. Um, you know, but that being said, uh, you know, it, it actually kind of reminds me of the conversation that comes up around, like, you know, the amount of energy that's used to produce a wind turbine or the amount of energy that's used to, uh, you know, make a Tesla car. These are also arguments that you hear a lot. Well, there's steel involved. You needed to use coal to make that steel. What about the footprint? Um, you know, and there are folks who look at the full life cycle of uh, things like 
wind turbines and compare them to coal-fired power plants. It's called life cycle assessment. Um, you know, and of course, what you figure out pretty quickly is when you look at the full lifespan of a project, yes, there's a footprint to everything, but the footprint of a Tesla car or a wind turbine is a lot less than an SUV or a coal-fired power plant or, you know, any number of other things you could substitute into that that involve fossil fuels. Um, when you're talking about cryptocurrency, I think it's uh, a bit disingenuous when we talk about the energy use for mining uh, and comparing it just to, say, a bank without looking at the entire system. I mean, the reality is, you know, how much power is used by, say, the anti-fraud departments or all the facilities or all the people involved in, uh, in operating the system. Um, you know, when you're talking about the potential for cryptocurrency, it could really disrupt all of that, right? Um, so how much power is required to secure the global monetary system? Uh, a lot. Um, you know, and I think that's the basis we should be looking at this on. Uh, a lot more to say about that, but I'm going to just leave it for there right now. Thanks a lot. Hey, how's it going? This is Ben from Monkey Feller Radio. This is part two of my discussion of energy used mining for cryptocurrency. Um, first installment, if you haven't heard it, basically I was talking about the full life cycle comparison. Uh, if you look at the amount of energy that's used to mine cryptocurrency, it's a lot. Um, but of course, you have to compare it to... Uh, you know, what it's disrupting. Uh, it's not just about a single bank or a credit card, but really the entire international monetary system um, and, you know, the ability to secure that, uh, which uses a lot of energy. But, um, you know, this is a legitimate conversation, right? Like, as we're talking about this, uh, you know, just as one example, you might have seen that news story recently uh, around how in Iceland, they are actually um, going to potentially use more energy for mining than they do for their homes. Um, which is phenomenal. Uh, I think it's in some part really inspired by the low cost of energy in Iceland and the fact that it's, um, you know, basically because of geothermal power production there, they have uh, huge amounts of energy that just comes from the ground. The differential in temperature between the surface and subsurface uh, is intense, and there's also a lot of activity, like volcanic activity, that sort of thing, um, that uh, you know, makes geothermal power uh, very viable, not just at the individual building level, but, um, you know, at the scale where it actually becomes a uh, power supply. So uh, that is a, an interesting thing to hear that a country, you know, is so actively mining for crypto that, uh, that they're actually using more power for that potentially than for their homes. Um, and it, uh, it raises the question of like, you know, kind of how does this scale? Where does this go? I mean, as we, you know, I mean, only you know, what's the percentage of people on the planet using cryptocurrency? It's still pretty small, you know, under 2% or something, probably even less than that. Um, you know, so in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, this is clearly fundamentally unsustainable. Uh, what's being done about it? Well, uh, you know, first of all, you have to take a look at this debate about uh, proof of work versus proof of stake. Um, basically, the concept is that you know, the way decisions and governance are done inside of uh, the crypto world uh, is largely the end result of how much work you put in uh, mining. Yeah, that's the idea of proof of work. Basically, you have influence on a blockchain by uh, doing work on that blockchain. And, in, uh, you know, to a certain extent, there's a, a real logic to that. Um, you know, that sort of how much work you do determines how much influence you have. Um, the problem, of course, is that this is what puts us into this uh, kind of mining race where, you know, basically people are just spending more and more uh, money on power uh, in the form of electricity to run these mining rigs. Uh, and ultimately, you end up with, you know, a pretty small handful of those who can afford to run these massive mining operations. I mean, it really is a small handful of miners 
Um, you know, some of them are big corporations, some of them are even state players in, uh, in China. Um, you know, so that's uh, and it, one approach to this, uh, and it is the one that's used by Bitcoin uh, and a number of other coins. Um, that being said, there are other approaches that are being uh, tried out, debated, tested by other currencies. Uh, and probably the, uh, the idea that's the most common other than that is this idea of proof of stake. Uh, and what that means is basically how much of the currency do you hold? Um, so instead of, uh, you know, governance being determined by how much work you do, it's determined by how much of the currency you own. Um, and that may sound very top down and, uh, you know, and, and sort of elitist. Uh, and that is true to a certain extent. Uh, although, of course, we have to look at it in terms of, you know, how does that compare to proof of work? And as I just said, I mean, proof of work is also very much dependent on how much money, how much resources you have. And some actually argue that uh, that by using proof of stake, at least everyone who has some of the currency has some stake. Uh, also, it creates disincentives for somebody to use the power that they have on a blockchain uh, inappropriately, because if they, say, own 51% of that currency, they'd really be hurting themselves more than everybody else. Um, and it would be very expensive to basically gobble up control of, of any currency. You'd have to spend a lot of money to get that control. Um, not a perfect solution necessarily. Uh, there is also different versions of distributed proof of work, uh, you know, that are not just that kind of race to the bottom. Um, you know, one example that's interesting is actually what Monero is doing, where they change the algorithm between every uh, cycle so that, uh, you know, people can't just simply buy these massive rigs and make them do their thing. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think this is an important conversation and it's a chance to be an architect of the future. I think it's a